Christian Corley and you're listening to the really useful podcast, the tech podcast for technophobes. This week we've got the roundup of the latest tech news that matters, we've got a recommendation and we've got some tips for you from the really useful podcast team. We have uh, Ben Stegner looking at some great games to help you get fit. James Frew will be talking to me about cryptocurrency security and Megan Ellis and myself will be discussing ways that you can get cheap, affordable and at times even free Windows 10 upgrades. We'll also be looking at the latest giveaways I'll make use of for you to enter and win some pretty unusual unique tech. First, we're going to take a look at the news that Google Assistant can now read articles aloud to you, which basically turns the entire internet into a podcast. You can ask Google Assistant on your phone to read articles aloud to you. This new feature is available to all Android users with a range of voices and support for 42 different languages. Google have explained that with Google Assistant, your browser can now read web articles out loud. Google is even employing expressive and natural voices which use human intonation and rhythm. To trigger the new feature, you just need to be reading an article on your browser on your Android phone. Then say either Google read it or hey Google, read this page. So I just got my phone out and uh, you just heard an alert there. So hey Google, read this page. Polygon, Fallen Order Guide, How to Escape the Underground Jail, by Jeffrey Parkin. Escape from Sork Tormos Jail after completing the Tomb of Mictral. After you complete the Tomb of Mictral on Zepho, you'll run into a... Now you'll notice that the, the voice has changed. I'll turn that off. So the reading voice is different to the usual Google Assistant voice, which I think is quite useful. And you can also improve, increase the speed. It doesn't go well to the left of the door. Oh, you can skip forward. You can increase the speed. After you escape your cell, slow it down. Useless down in most cases. So yeah, you get the idea with that. So that's a really useful feature that Google have added. And uh, you, you could use it for learning new languages, hearing things read in a different language. You could use it for study, even um, have your papers read out to you uh, whilst whilst you travel around uh, research websites, that sort of thing. So yeah, a very useful new feature for Google Assistant from Google. And we'll carry on. You can now ask Alexa about the US election. US presidential election, an election for the president of the United States. There you go. It is election year in the United States with the 2020 US presidential election due to be held on November the 3rd this year. Amazon have detailed all the ways you can stay up to date on the 2020 US presidential election. They claim that their speaker has already answered millions of questions on politics since the beginning of the year. It's all thanks to a knowledge graph that utilises powerful AI and machine learning to encode billions of facts in real time, they tell us, which means that the smart speaker has a deep knowledge of election-related information that anyone can make use of, basically. So, uh, we've uh, given you 10 things to ask Alexa about in the 2020 US election. As with everything that we'll be discussing in this week's really useful podcast, you can check the show notes 
for links for everything we talk about and find out more. So here we have a list of things to ask about the 2020 US election. So I'm going to choose this one. Alexa, who endorses Joe Biden? Joe Biden's endorsements include Biden. U.S. House Democratic Whip James E. Clyburn, Governor of Michigan Gretchen Whitmer, Governor of Delaware John Carney, and Governor of Rhode Island Gina Raimondo. So yeah, another great service from a smart assistant, uh, this time uh, asking Alexa about the U.S. election. Sorry, I don't know that one. <laughs> Okay, we're going to move on now to uh, this week's recommendation, and this is uh, this is awesome. Uh, this is something that I stumbled into on YouTube recently. I don't even know what I was searching. I certainly wasn't searching for German polka music, but that is what I found the YouTube channel. Now there are only six tracks on there. Uh, they are a band that release albums, so. Uh, you can find your way to them. If you like the sound of this, I'm going to play a little sample of it for you, actually. And <laughs> this is the Heimat Damisch. They are a German polka band who do rock and pop tunes. So to give you a small flavour, this is Poker Face by Lady Gaga. Which <laughs> is pretty amusing, and you know it. Uh, it goes the way you'd expect it to go, really, I suppose. And all of these videos are the band performing live, or at least appearing to perform live. They've they've gone to the trouble of making performance videos anyway, so you know it's worth checking them out. And there's some live stuff as well. Such as Highway to Hell. So yeah, that's a bit of fun. That's a sweet child of mine as well. So yeah, they they do plenty of different things, and uh, there's this one from pop. This is a genuine life piece from a uh, from the past pop festival in the Netherlands. So you can hear the polka thing going on there. So yeah, better, better example. Now, admittedly, this isn't for everyone, but it is an amusing uh, diversion for you to uh, share with friends and family, give them a bit of a chuckle, especially if they're familiar with the rock tracks and pop tracks that the Heimat Damisch cover in that very polka style that they have. Now, this week's really useful podcast is a little bit unusual because rather than having one person with me to talk to, who isn't called Google Assistant or Alexa, we are bringing together uh, kind of the best of things that we didn't talk about in previous podcasts. So uh, to uh, kick off, uh, here's Ben Stegner to tell us about fitness games that you can use to get fit at home with your games console. Ben, you've been uh, busy getting fit with video games. Is that right? That's right, yeah. I wrote about some games that can help you uh, get get fit, lose a little bit of weight, and have some exercise. So, um, when, obviously, when I got back from CES earlier this year, 
Um, I ended up getting Ring Fit Adventure on the Switch, and so I wanted to write about some games like that. So um, if you haven't heard about it, I'll go through these real quick. Um, there's a lot yeah, of different sure. ones, but I tried to focus on um, current ones. So the first one is Ring Fit Adventure, which is uh, it's just pretty cool. Basically, when you buy the game for Switch, um, it comes with a Pilates ring, which is just a normal piece of workout equipment, and then it comes with a strap. Um, and you put one of the Joy-Con controllers in the ring and then one in that strap, and that's how the game measures what you're doing. And then the game acts kind of like a very light RPG where you battle against different enemies. Um, okay. And each type of exercise is color-coded. So, like, legs is blue, arms are red. And then the enemies are color-coded, too. So a blue enemy, if you use a leg-based exercise on them, then they take more damage. So, um, and in the game, it's it's really good. Like, if you've played Wii Fit, you know, obviously Nintendo's been doing this for a while with fitness games. Wii Fit feels very like, clinical. Ring Fit Adventure feels like you're playing a game. Um, okay. It's it's more about like I mean it's again it's very simple but it's more about like hey we're going on an adventure and defeat these enemies and you get XP and then you get new clothes that raise your stats and stuff so it's not super deep but if you want a game a workout game to feel like a game that's a great one. Um, okay. One of the other really great choices is Dance Dance Revolution. I don't know if I've talked about it before on the show, but DDR is a lot of fun. Um, whether you like dancing or not, it's a really great way to get some exercise. When you get to the higher levels, you really have to go fast. You're jumping and doing uh, double steps and everything. So that's a really great way um, to, to work up a sweat. Um, if you don't have a PS2 or something where DDR is on, uh, Step Mania is a free kind of clone for PC. And you can get a mat for not a whole lot of money that'll connect to your computer with USB. Um Real quick, just a couple other options. Uh, Fitness Boxing is another game on Switch. Not quite as polished as Ring Fit, um, but it just basically tasks you with throwing different boxing punches and ducks to the music. It's a good way to get some cardio in. Um, and then some fun options. Just Dance is one that most people know. Um, yeah. It's kind of like DDR, except it's like more it's pop music. It comes out every year. It's made by Ubisoft. Um, and you follow like an on-screen dancer where you mimic their moves. So not not a heavy workout, but still still a bit of fun. And then if you have VR, Beat Saber is a really good option too. So in, um, in that game, you have two motion controllers, uh, kind of like lightsabers in the game, and then blocks fly at you, and you have to use your lightsabers to smash the blocks in certain directions. Right. So like DDR, kind of starts out easy, and then as you ramp up, it gets really intense. So yeah, any game that really gets you from sitting and using a controller to moving around more can be a lot of fun. And yeah, so those are yeah, some good absolutely. options. Yeah, good choices all. I'm... Uh... I mean, I'm I'm in two minds about whether to buy a VR kit or not at the moment. I've had so I've had a PSVR for a couple of years. I haven't played it as much as I thought I would. I don't know if I'd say as much as I want because there's games that sound interesting to me, but I'm worried that I'll buy them and then not really play them that much. Yeah, uh, I guess my space probably isn't super great for it. What I have available, so that could be a factor. But I, I think a lot of VR games are cool. But it seems like a lot of them, I don't, how I phrase this, it's it's like I wouldn't think they're as cool if they weren't in VR. You know, like like a shooting gallery yeah. type of game. It's like, oh, this is so cool. I'm moving my hands around. But like, it's a pretty basic shooting gallery if it wasn't in VR. So I think some games are enhanced by VR. Like Beat Saber is probably a good example. It's not, it would still be fun if it wasn't in VR, but having it in it makes it like that extra level of like immersion. Because there's a lot of games like that where it doesn't really need to be in VR, but it just kind of feels a little, I don't know, 
more intense because it's like right in front of your face. I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it doesn't. It feels like a very solitary way, like the most solitary way to game, like putting yourself in a completely new environment rather than having your existing, you know, like your real environment and the game at the same time. And you know, if you're playing with friends or whatever, yeah, you can play multiple people in a VR space, but actually having your actual real friends with you and laughing on and seeing them and playing alongside someone like Mario Kart, for instance, I can't see that translating at all to VR because the being together with your friends or family is part of the fun of that game, isn't it? Yeah, I I've had a like a, because I have the PSVR a couple of times. I've had people come over and I've it's a, it's been their first time seeing VR and it's kind of fun because with the PSVR on the TV, you're seeing what they're seeing, so you can kind of follow along with them. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of fun to see what they're thinking and doing while they're playing it for the first time. Um, but as you said, like, you know, VR headsets are so expensive that it's not like you're going to buy three of them and have your friends over. Um, yeah. that being said though, when we were, um, when we were in Australia, we did go to a VR game. I don't know what you'd call it, but it was a big room that they had opened up and it was, everyone had a VR headset and a, a model gun and everything. And it was a game, but it was like a cooperative, like zombie shooting game, but it took mm-hmm. place in a big, like a big warehouse. So that was pretty cool because, we were all working together and we all had our helmets on and we were in the VR world, but we were working as a team. But obviously that's very, you know, the average person's not going to have that in their house. Sure. So, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, it sounds interesting in the same way that the silent disco sounds interesting. Like you, 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 you might try it out and go to it, but it's not something that's going to be, it's not, it's not, a, it doesn't feel like the game changer that it should be. Those are great tips from Ben, and uh, it, it almost makes me want to go out and buy some new games and new gaming equipment. Is Maybe I'll just start dancing. We'll see. Okay, James Frew is with us now. James is a regular on the Really Useful podcast, and he also writes for Make Use Of and for Blocks Decoded. You may have heard him on a previous Really Useful podcast, which we discussed in depth what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency are, and hopefully explain that for in layman's terms. Now, the thing is, uh, if you receive emails, then there's a very good chance that, well, it's pretty much impossible that you don't get spam unless you've got some awesome system set up. And among that spam, you are going to be receiving Bitcoin-related scam emails. Isn't that right, James? You you must have had some. Yeah, I seem to get them every day, especially to uh, our work accounts as well, peculiarly. They go, oh, you're a tech writer. You must love this new investment in Bitcoin. Um so yeah, we, we encounter them quite regularly, but I'm sure that you know they fill up in boxes around the world as well. Yeah, so I mean they range in quali- quality and kind of aim, but you can tell the scams because no one. You first start off. There's the one that I got this morning, which was uh, along the lines of complete your Bitcoin transaction. Mm-hmm. There's also another one I've seen, which is this is your Bitcoin. Sign up to buy it. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, here's seventeen thousand bitcoins. We need you to register, all that sort of thing. And obviously, it's they're 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 mining data from you. It's a scam. Bearing this in mind, and you know, we're, we're always looking for ways to let you know about scams and problems that you're likely to encounter online, which might lead you to losing money. H- how is someone? I mean, the the end the end game of this, isn't it? Is that a scammer either want your details or if you've already got Bitcoin, they want your Bitcoin. Yeah. Because it's all about money. 
Yeah. So Bitcoin, as we've discussed before, is reasonably valuable, uh, even though it's crashed a bit from its 2017 high. Uh, at the time of recording, it's worth just over $10,000 US dollars per Bitcoin. So obviously, there's an incentive for scammers to want to trick you out of your Bitcoin. And as we've discussed before, one of the difficulties with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general is there is no regulation. So you're having to trust most of the websites and sites that you visit and the places that you buy your crypto from without actually having any kind of security in that. You don't have a government verifying that this person is who they say they are. You don't have uh, a central bank saying, oh, this financial institution is set up for you. So it's quite easy for these scammers to kind of sit in the middle of this market. And for the most part, they blend in because it's an unregulated market where everything is kind of done ad hoc and there's no one place you can go to to say, oh, this is the safe place. You know, for example, if you get a scam email that says, I am your bank, please give me all of your login details, then you can go to your bank and say, first of all, was this you? And second of all, I didn't think it was you because it was weird. Um, but if you get an email saying, you've got this Bitcoin sitting around and you didn't know it and we need to talk to you about this transaction, you might go, well, I don't know who else I can verify that with, so I've got to follow it up. Um, so Bitcoin scam emails are a bit tricky, but the the best thing you can do is just make sure that you have an awareness that quite a lot of scam emails do come through. And that also you should be aware of what transactions you've done, what money you have, and whether this person should be contacting you about this sort of thing. Now, if you've bought your cryptocurrency through an exchange, which is how most people get their crypto, um, then it kind of functions a bit like a bank. So if you stored your cryptocurrency or your Bitcoin on a place like Coinbase, then if Coinbase email you, you can go, oh, okay, I can talk to Coinbase and verify that that's a genuine thing or whatever. But if all your cryptocurrency is on Coinbase and you get an email from somebody else saying, oh, I need to talk to you about your Bitcoin, then you can go, that's likely to be a scam. So although there's quite a lot of complicated terminology used around Bitcoin and it's not well understood and there's no regulation, you can still use the same sort of approach as you would other scam emails. You know, try and work out, would it be legitimate for you to be getting this email? Is someone trying to offer you free Bitcoin? Because that's probably a scam. Um, you know, there's no such thing as free money. And yeah, just try and keep your wits about you when you're reading that email and don't rush into things. If there's ever an email that tries to pressure you into something, you know, saying, oh, you've only got two hours, you need to respond to me, that's likely to be a scam. You know, no legitimate business will try and pressure you in that kind of way. Yeah. I'm just checking my uh, spam box now, and I've got two emails. There's one which will mean absolutely nothing to Americans. There's a conversation that James and I may have later on entirely about this. <laughs> Jim Davidson bounced back from bankruptcy with Bitcoin. Learn how. Wow. I didn't even know he was bankrupt. No, I didn't know he was bankrupt either. So yeah. like, then you have, this one goes, you have received $12,476 for your account, brackets, Bitcoin. So, like, the, the email itself doesn't actually make sense. It's not as if mm. Bitcoin itself is simple anyway, but this, this email doesn't even attempt to make sense. And uh, then it goes on. Thank you for participating in our Bitcoin program. We will inform you that your Bitcoin bonus is now available and ready to be withdrawn. Now, of course, anyone receiving this email, this spam email, has never been involved in a Bitcoin program. And if they have, they would know everything that they need to know about it more than likely. So they click on uh, confirm here. Then you then 
yeah, as you say, there's a time account expires 48 minutes if you do not confirm that your account has been closed within 48 hours. Um, you know, grammatically, it's poor, as with all spam emails, almost entirely all spam emails anyway. So, yeah, it is... Uh, it is it's like a new dimension to spam emails, isn't it, Bitcoin? One thing that does slightly complicate things is... You know the one you just said about getting a bonus and, and whatever. Now, we talked about in our previous episode about blockchain that there are forks of Bitcoin. Right. Um, that's where someone's gone, I kind of mostly agree with Bitcoin, but there are things I want to change about it. So I'm going to take the software and make something new. You know, there's a, the most famous of which is something called Bitcoin Cash, which is very similar, but has a different um, technological underpinning. And... If you have bought your cryptocurrency through an exchange, then at the point at which the fork occurs on the blockchain, you then get the equivalent in the new cryptocurrency. So I know that sounds very complicated, but what, so I'd bought some Bitcoin through Coinbase. Yeah, this was a while ago. And then when Bitcoin Cash happened and the fork happened from the blockchain, Coinbase said, oh, here's your free Bitcoin Cash. Because the blockchain doesn't disappear, you still have all the old blockchain. It's just from that moment onwards, they are separate entities. So right. it's a bit like having um, a fork in a road. You know, you've got one straight road, and then as you approach, there's two paths that it can take off. And one of them is Bitcoin, one of them is Bitcoin Cash. But at that fork in the road, at that point, they're both the same thing. And so you get awarded the new currency. And this kind of makes things a bit confusing because there are times where you will be given free cryptocurrency for seemingly doing nothing. But this only happens really if you're using an exchange because the mechanism of doing it outside of that is very complicated. But so again, if you're getting it from Coinbase or from Binance or another exchange where you bought your cryptocurrency, it may be true that you've just been gifted some free crypto. But again, worth checking with the institution, yeah. make sure that it's legitimate. Don't click on things in the emails if you're unsure. And certainly don't put your email address or login details or anything like that into a website unless you are absolutely sure that it is legitimate. Excellent stuff. So, um, yeah, you're going to get spam. You're going to get spam about Bitcoin. It's spam. You don't have Bitcoin, probably. Ignore it unless it unless the email has come from the, the exchange that you've got your cryptocurrency from. And even then go directly to the exchange in your browser rather than clicking any links and check out the facts for yourself and even read more widely on social or on Reddit or any of those services uh, for more details. If you found any of that interesting, you may like to know that we recorded a cryptocurrency really useful podcast special a few weeks ago looking at uh, what Bitcoin is or the other cryptos, how they work, whether you should spend some time investing or making them yourself head to the show notes for a link back to that podcast and you know subscribe to the really useful podcast on apple podcasts or spotify or wherever you get the show in order to avoid missing future episodes and of course you'll be able to listen to all of our previous editions going back to 2018 let's move on now if you're still using windows 7 you probably shouldn't be on it anymore but how would you upgrade to windows 10 well there are ways that you can get Windows 10 for free or pay less than the usual amount. 
there are specific prices for Windows 10. There are three versions. There's Windows 10 Home, Windows 10 Pro, and Windows 10 Pro for workstations. You probably don't want the latter because that's more of a uh, corporate thing. So you're looking at $139 for Windows 10 Home or $199.99 for Windows 10 Pro. Not cheap. So what can you do about that? Well, you can find a way of getting a discount from Microsoft. If you're a student, parent of a student, a faculty member, or a member of the U.S. military, then you could be eligible for a 10% discount. That could reduce the cost considerably. You can get Windows 10 free or cheap through On The Hub. It's a new service that provides students with free software, including Windows 10 education version. Of course, this depends on whether you're a student or a faculty member. Again, you can download Windows 10 from a genuine Windows 7, Windows 8, or Windows 8.1 PC. This is basically a backdoor. So if you're using assistive technologies like the magnify, narrator, or closed captions found in the ease of access menu, you could use this to upgrade to Windows 10 for free. But this doesn't appear anymore. So the new way around this is to use a PC with a genuinely licensed and activated copy of Windows 7, 8 or 8.1 to then download Windows 10. When you run the Windows 10 media creation tool, you can then create installation media for another PC. Or if you're running it on the machine, you want to upgrade, select upgrade this PC now. You won't be asked for the product key because you've already got a legal product key. You can find deep discount deals for Windows 10 product keys as well. This will potentially give you a really good price on Windows 10. You won't get any physical media, but you'll get a product key to download it yourself, input the product key. You could be looking at around $30, $35 for such a product key. There's also the option of negotiating Windows 10 volume license, but that's not really something you're probably going to do as a standard user. You could download Windows 10 Enterprise Evaluation. Again, uh, evaluation versions are good, but the time-limited and enterprise versions mean you get features that you don't need. So that could result in some... There is risk of breaking things by setting things slightly incorrectly. But, you know, if you just use standard Windows use, then that is an option for you as well. But each license is only valid for 90 days. So when the evaluation expires, the computer will shut down automatically on the hour. It's not a great solution, but if you want to save money or save money up to buy a full version of Windows, you could use the evaluation version. And there's also the option of buying used Windows keys or used computers. Now, Megan has another option as well, don't you? Yeah, so um, if you're in a developing country, um, it depends on the region, but I know Singapore has an initiative and Africa has recently launched an initiative in December. But basically, Windows... Because of the high piracy rates um, in these countries, for example, in Africa, two-thirds of the laptops or devices shipped with Windows 10 actually carry a pirated copy of the OS. So Windows has basically partnered with local manufacturers in, the air, um, in these areas to create cheaper laptops, more accessible laptops um, that come with genuine Windows pre-installed. For example, during our launch, the laptops uh, ranged between $120 and $550. Um, and basically, these um, laptops come with Windows PC kind of on that laptop for life, on that device, um, pre-installed, 
and it's consistently updated and that kind of thing. And it's, it's, it's basically to lower the piracy rates and the kind of cybersecurity concerns that come with it. Same in Singapore. So it, it can work out cheaper than buying a license for your current device, especially considering um, some of the licenses are sitting at $120, around $100. You can get a cheap laptop with uh, Windows pre-installed. And, um, yeah, they, they're basically pushing this initiative to make it more accessible, make it um, easier for users to understand how to keep their Windows license um, on their device and that type of thing. And especially okay. it works out much cheaper as well than buying kind of a multi-device license as well yeah. um, if you're planning on sticking with your laptop for some time. Okay, if you're not already using Windows 10 and you want to upgrade from a previous version of Windows, those tips should sort you out. Now we're reaching the end of this week's really useful podcast, but it is time to have a look at the giveaways that we're running at Make Use Of at the moment. Set to end in the middle of March is a giveaway for the Creality LD002R resin printer, which we've given a 10 out of 10 score. That is how good that piece of kit is. So Find the link in the show notes to uh, go and take a look at the review video and consider whether or not you fancy entering. We've also a Tango tab from Simbans to give away. Not the best Android tablet out there. Unusual that it has a a few extra ports compared to standard Android tabs. But uh, it's not completely bad news. If you're looking for a, a low value Android tablet for taking outdoors, doing stuff outdoors, taking on the train. It comes with three gigabytes of DDR3, which is pretty much the minimum you would need to uh, use most software on an Android tablet these days. And uh, yeah, we're giving one of those away as well. And we're also quite excited to be giving you the chance to win a Mega Mods PS4 controller uh, with an 8 out of 10 rating from our reviewer. Head to the show notes to uh, watch the video review and to place your entry in the giveaway box and claim as many entries as you can by using email, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, That should end uh, early in April, so you've plenty of time to uh, get your entries in for the Mega Mods Macro Remap PS4 controller. It's the end of uh, this week's really useful podcast, so... uh, As ever, a big thank you to you for listening and thanks to Ben Stegner, James Frew and Megan Ellis for uh, joining us and uh, guiding us through their various tips and tricks for fitness games, cryptocurrency security and Windows 10 upgrades. We'll be back next week for a new edition of the Really Useful Podcast. Until then, it's goodbye. Away from the elevator back toward yourself. There's a second power cable hanging on the left side of the hallway. Pull the second power cable.